So I, I really actually don't want to chat too much. Um, in one sense, I, I was so excited to come to Greenpoint just to talk about the fact that Ross and Lee are coming to us, and we are so grateful that you have seen the bigger picture and released them. And, um, but I feel like God's already done that in your hearts. Like I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't really need to talk too much about that. I think you, I think you see it, you know, I'm hoping. Um, um, but I really do feel like you have seen it. And I do want to just say thank you. Thank you for releasing Ross and Lee, for literally sending your best over to City on a Hill, which is where I come from and my wife, and we lead a church up there called City on a Hill, and, and, um, and we're four congregations and many more congregations in 412 in that whole region, and basically we need help, and I've been praying for help, and then along came Ross and Lee, and it just fitted, you know, and you know it fits in God when, when it's the suddenly of God and you never saw it coming in terms of them. I was actually kind of like approaching other people and like, like hoping for this one and that one, and then everything just came together with them. Um, so the story from my side has been praying for this for someone to come and help that's already trained, that's already got the values of the kingdom that we are so desperate to impart, and um, praying for that, and then also praying and saying, God, we need someone who's theologically strong. You know, we need someone who is preferably a teacher. And but uh, honestly, they never crossed my mind, and they came to just visit and hang out with us a little while ago. And while we were chatting, I was like, I think God's doing something. And you start to hear his plans while you're talking about your plans. And you're just like, oh, my word, you know. And um, approaching Neil and Taryn is the most incredible thing, just seeing their hearts, you know, and the other elders and Josh, Jen, Andrew and Russell and Kim and some of the guys I chatted to and just going, Wow, thank you, Lord, for this church that sees that, um, like Andrew always says, Josh Jen doesn't exist for Josh Jen. It exists for the glory of Jesus in the nations, for communities around the world to be transformed and changed. And so, yes, we need that in Greenpoint, but oh my goodness, we need it in Kaateng. You know, Joburg's like a million people just, jo- uh, t- 10 million people just Joburg. Um, you know, never mind like Greater Joburg, which is, it's just so huge, guys, and just so, so few from what I've seen, just so few healthy expressions of this stuff that you guys are living in and we can easily take for granted. Mornings like this where together you're just seeking the presence of God and experiencing his presence and it's just so beautiful. So, um, I, I, but yeah, so thank you. And, and I'm telling you, God's going to, he's going to use him. When it's God, it's good all around, you know. When it's God, he, 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 he uses everything in every area, and it's good for you. It's, it's, I saw that with us. When we left Josh Jen two and a couple of months, years, two years ago, um, and I just saw how God just used it for everyone, you know, um, how the, the congregations have thrived since I left. It's like, it hurts your pride to say that, but I'm just like, thank you, Lord. They've just multiplied and grown and reached the lost and, and planted out. And now when I come to Cape Town, I'm like, I don't know who to visit. There's so many children and grandchildren in a sense, you know, it's like, where do you go? Um, look what God has done. Um, and so, yo, so that's, that's that story. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say send him well, man. They, uh, you, you know, they've served for many years, even before they were in Greenpoint. We've walked a long road together, and they, they are so faithful, man. They have laid down their lives for the church in ways that I, I know I don't even understand, but definitely you guys have probably not fully seen. Oh, yes, the battles they fought, the, the giving up of their lives that's happened over and over and remained consistent in loving Jesus, guys. Yes, they are worthy of honor, like the Bible says. Um, so so I've, I do have, I don't know if I was, I, I didn't even talk to you because when the plan changed and I can be a little bit longer here. So I, um, is it fine if I preach a bit? Is that okay? Okay, cool. Okay. So I've said my say. Um, but before I do that, uh, what is your name again? Yellow cap. I can't remember. Annette. Yeah, they were here just before we left. Um, I just want to say, like this morning, I felt that pouring out of the breaking of the jar and the pouring out of your heart towards the Lord. And, and I felt like, you know, there, there's obviously been a journey, um, but I felt like 
God does in a moment with his daughters and loved ones, like lovers, he does in a moment, he can heal and restore um, in that posture of just breaking yourself open before the Lord. And, um, and I felt like that's going to be the season you're in. And I want to encourage you in that. Like, just be in that season like those women, you know, that we, we love, whether it was Mary or whether it was the, the, the woman um, that had come out of the immoral lifestyle or whatever. Like, be like those women that would just break into wherever Jesus was and pour themselves out, but they would walk out completely different, restored, healed, whole. I'm, I'm so, I didn't get to know you guys. Yeah, sure. Um, even, thanks Ryan, like really, this is amazing. Like the Lord is just, yeah, the Lord is amazing. Um, when we were standing outside and praying, I just couldn't stop smiling. I just really couldn't stop smiling because I just felt that the Lord's going to do something. I was just so excited for what he's going to do. And I know he's done a lot in a lot of our hearts today and this morning. And while we were worshiping, um, like for the first time in my life, I felt, and I wrote it down, that I'm fully satisfied in him. I'm fully satisfied in him. And... <laughs> amazing. And I just felt that the Lord said, um, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. I just want to say that again, that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And it's just such an amazing feeling being fully satisfied in him. So this is just crazy. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. How beautiful, hey? Yeah, beautiful. Wow. Um, wow. There was just, yeah. Uh, Louis and Jess, guys, just stand up quickly. I, I want to just like, or stand together or something. Um, honestly, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't almost know what I'm feeling or seeing. I just know that there's an unbelievable mantle that God's got for you and he's putting on you. Um, and I, I know this is, you know, families are growing and stuff, and that's all beautiful, and it's all part of his training and his teaching and his, um, but, but I feel like he, he has given you like a maturity that's actually quite ridiculous beyond your years, you know, and it's both of you, you know, um, you could have thought it's only Jess, but it's both of you. I haven't seen you guys for a long time. I haven't seen you. I don't, it's not like I think of you all the time. Sometimes I hear little things or whatever. Um, but honestly, there is a, yeah, and there's a place in God's church of, of authority. Like you, I, I can see a stature that's just, com, that's changed about you. Um, and it's like, the, it's, it's time to just step into what God has for you and to serve in that way. And he'll work on the job and do what he needs to do. But oh my goodness, yeah, um, it's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes, Kyle, Kyle and Shoshana. Where's Kyle? Kyle and Shoshana, man. Don't you want to also just stand together? Oh, man. I, I was, yeah. I just, just close your eyes. Lord, I thank you for just this gift to your bride. I want to say over you, Shoshana, first, I, 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 out of the corner of my eye, I saw you dancing in the side here, and I, I, felt like, I felt like you are such a representation of the Holy Spirit amongst his bride, um, spinning around, dancing, blowing like the wind through his bride, bringing, bringing life and sometimes stirring things up and, and sometimes, like, sometimes causing a bit of havoc and but like in the best way because it's the spirit of the living God and I felt like this incredible yeah it's, it's so beautiful and and as I was just like wow this is what God's doing and who he's made you for his bride and I wanted to encourage you that like as in all your grappling with truth that you'll never change the call he's put over your life you know you'll never that thing will never wane or or um 
or disappear. Um, and and it's, it's so needed. It's so needed for the bride of Christ. And then I saw you, Kyle, I saw you locking arms with these men, with the Neils and, and the men here. I saw you locking arms in a way that's like, like so, so strong, you know. Um, and even as your wife is just like blowing through this place, like, like you're, you're there as this incredible um, anchor in truth and the word and in the body of Christ you know, um, and I just want to say thank you, Lord, for this couple. Thank you for this gift, Lord. Thank you for just doing what you've done and bringing them to your, to your body. And I just, yeah, we bless them. Amen. Amen. We bless them. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, awesome. Yo, man, Sam Jam. Yes, Come on. This is all not planned, obviously. Stand as well, man. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I've known Sam for a long time now. Makes me feel old when I think back all the years. <laughs> Although he doesn't look old at all. I mean, it's just unfair. It's not fair at all. You man. Probably older than me, man. Anyway. <clears throat> so wrong. What? Yo, come on. Um, Sam, I, I, I saw, uh, like God, over the last years, wrestling with your identity like wrestling, you know, identity can be a buzzword in, in, in Christian circles, and it's, and it's obvious, but it's, it's a beautiful thing how God wrestles with our identity. And I saw him wrestling and wrestling with, with your identity in many ways, and almost like this letting go of things, just like, okay, there that goes, there that goes, there that goes, there that goes. But in it, like, he's fitting you into Christ in the way that he's always planned and desired. Like, you, you're being so placed and fitted into Christ and I also just see you like coming alive in this season like you've you've you, you, like you've tasted in previous times but it's more real and more alive than ever you know um, because it's alive truly in Christ like we know I'm in Christ but but he still has to often do these works you know um, but I feel like he's done a good work such a good work um, and I just see like this fruit Fruitfulness, like you know, you you thought you knew what the fruitfulness was going to look like in your early years, you know, and younger years, kind of thing. But I see this incredible fruitfulness that's going to be true fruit because it's it's because you're a branch truly in the vine, and it's going to be lasting fruit, you know. And yeah, so thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Is that all right? Yo. <laughs> come on. Yo, come on. God, I love you, man. Mm. Oh, okay. Ah, so many amazing people. You know, yeah, Jesus just wants to, it's amazing how he speaks over us. So I, I, this, for this congregation, I said, I was really, I was on my knees. Or no, did I actually get on my knees? No, I didn't. In my heart, I felt like I was like on my knees for you last night. <laughs> I didn't actually. But I really felt God say like, prep your sermon, but actually just pray, pray, just pray for, pray for them. I mean, hey, we just had a prayer equip, so probably, probably a little bit of that influence, you know, it's a good thing. Um, and, uh, and I, so I've been praying for you guys and I know a lot of you are not around today, but that's cool. Um, that I, I saw, I, I was staying in a beautiful house, um, this weekend and they've got these beautiful floors, you know, that are painted over kind of like concrete, but they're beautiful and they're kind of like white and they're clean and, and it's just so clean and it's just beautiful and, and they do have children, so it's not clean all the time, you know, they've got certain rooms that are like a crazy mess, but most of the house is like beautiful, you know, um, it's, yeah, not like my house. And I, <laughs> so it stood out, you know, I noticed. And, but, um, but the, the word I felt for you guys, and I wanted to encourage you in, and possibly even just speak a bit of a correction in some mindsets, and I don't believe there's necessarily a correction for the leadership. I believe this is actually for, for people in the congregation. Um, like, take it if, it's, if, it's, if it fits. But, um, you know, I felt like this whole culture is idealistic lives in idealistic houses with idealistic families, and when I say idealistic, I mean uh, I, almost idyllic, almost like, you know, um, like, what are the, Pinterest I, Ideas Magazine, or Pinterest, or whatever, um, who, know, who reads magazines, anyway, uh, you know what I'm talking about, but, uh, like, that's the surrounds here, and, um, and as I, you know, a house like that, 
there, there can be a sense of, no, we've got to quickly, it stands out when there's mess. If you see a little bit of mess, if you see a little bit of like, oh, that thing just broke or that's still lying around, in a house like that, you notice quickly, you're like, oh, let's quickly fix that, let's quickly sort that out. And you can almost be this tense person, like the people I stay with are not like that at all. Um, they used to be actually, but they're not like that at all. They, and and um, like you can almost be like, oh, everything has to be perfect and fine and right and whatever. And, and I felt like, I felt like it's, be ready for mess, man. Be ready for a messy house. But the, what's awesome about a messy house that's full of young children and babies and all the kind of thing running around is when you come in, you just feel so at home. You're just like, oh, oh, awesome. Like, that's fine, you know. Um, and I felt like God saying like, and me, you know, if I look around, he's kind of doing that naturally because he's giving you just tons of children, you know, pretty scary being around here, you know. <laughs> Even like the single girls are like, whoa, I've got to watch out. You know what am I? What's going to happen here? Um, <laughs> so, like, so he's going to do this this naturally, but as well. But I, I felt like him say, "Get ready," because I, I want to. I want your house to be messy. I want you to allow that to happen. And when it happens, don't worry too much. Don't don't like, oh, we need to get to this person, and oh, that's a big issue, and oh my word, do you see what's happening in that life? Because you're going to get you're going to get distracted from the actual picture of what God's doing, which is he is doing it. He's taking care of people. He's going to bring them through. He's going to work in their lives. Don't worry too much. Not everything has to be sorted properly. Just keep your eyes on the vision and on what he's called you to do and keep going because he's going to fill the house. And that's actually the point. Like we want to fill the house. It's like, you know, that's a house that's just had a, a big party where everything's out of place, but it's, it's fine because it meant that there was life and joy there. You know what I mean? And that's what this house is going to look like. And I, yeah. So does that make sense? So open wide your hearts, man. Open wide your hearts and don't worry. I feel like so many people have been saying this thing. I don't know if I've got capacity. And I almost feel like, and please, if it fits, let it be the Holy Spirit. Watch out for that thing. Watch out. Oh, I don't know. I've got to be wise because of capacity. God is in the business of stretching and messing up capacities and opening them up. Lilani and I, we look at our lives sometimes and we're like, what the heck happened these last 16 years of being married or whatever? What, what happened? Because it was just always stretching. There was always another child to be born or another child that we're adopting or another church being planted or another massive trip or another like now we're doing this, you know, like God's just always stretching. Now I'm sitting there like the other day. How funny is this? I'm like there's this apostolic training to like train the next wave of like apostles in the movement and I'm looking and I'm like oh I wasn't invited to that that's what a bummer I was like I really wanted to go and now I'm not invited and then I get to like the who's giving the who's the speakers and giving the input and who's going to do the training and my name's there and I'm like whoa what just happened you know like God I don't know if I'm ready for this you know Mervis like hey come lead this whole prayer equipment for the movement and I'm like what are you doing like what's going on God he is in the business of stretching and breaking open and like capacity is not this finite thing. Please, guys, do not be lied to. Find the Spirit of God. Walk in what He's called you to do. Let it be messy if it has to. He's in it. Okay. Don't let the culture of this place deceive you. Okay. Oh, come on. Lord, we just pray into that right now. Just receive it. Just like, Lord, we pray into that right now. Let's capacities be stretched open, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for Albert and Audrey, Lord, as well. Yo, uh, you also just felt like God just highlighting in a big way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for, I'm going to say it. Thank you for the eldership call on Albert's life, Lord. Thank you for the heart that will never stop seeking and running for you, Jesus, that Audrey has, has always had and still has. Thank you for the call of God on their lives, like the call of God, not the call of, of business and the call of money and the call of like keeping it all together. Thank you for your call, Lord, that you've set them apart for your kingdom, Lord, and for your church. Thank you for that, Jesus. We bless them as well in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Is that, yeah, wow. Thank you, Lord. Cool. Guys, Ah, I love being here. This is beautiful. So...
So I want to say five, I want to, well, I don't know if I'll get to all five, but I'll, I'll try. Just pictures of who we are. So like I said, identity is a powerful thing. One of my favorite messages to preach is preaching through Ephesians chapter one and half of chapter two and saying, who are you in Christ? It will change everything. It changes everything when you see who he defines you as. And it says he defines you as faithful, as blameless, as adopted, as a son and daughter, as forgiven, as cleansed, as a carrier of the Holy Spirit. Those are the things that come out in Ephesians 1 that say, this is who you are. Okay, and it, it really, it, it'll change your life. Um, but once again, we've got to be careful because it's in our, in our very selfish kind of people, we can often, even in that, go like, well, great. So then it's all about me being all these amazing things. And, and that's not at all what the scripture is saying, but we can somehow get that because we can filter it through a humanistic kind of lens, man-centered lens. And, but the, the rest of Ephesians, what's beautiful is it also defines who we are. It also gives definition to who is this, this people called the church of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, I want to define who you are by calling you certain names. Like this is who you are. These are the words I'm going to use through scripture in the book of Ephesians to define who I've called you all to be together. And actually there's this emphasis in the Bible that that's more important. I, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe I'm stretching it by saying that's too important. But as I read the Bible, I see more of a God with a people, a God with a family, a God with children. I see more of that than I see a God of the individual person. And it's it's, it's lost in our culture. And so it's important to say, God, what do you define us as? Um, I see, you know, the Lord's Prayer. I, I, I noticed this a little while ago, and then I saw it again in this prayer equip, you know. It's not my Father in heaven. It's our Father. It's like even when you pray by yourself in the secret place, God's saying, be aware that it's not my Father only. It's our Father. Like we are a family and a people called out by God. And it's our Father. So, um. So he wants to speak an identity over us and who we are. So Ephesians chapter 1, I'll start with the first one. Thank you so much. That's amazing. So the first one, no, I just needed like one sip. That was amazing. Um, you shall not fail to receive your reward. That's what the Bible says. I just love saying it when people bring a glass of water. It's like just so awesome. <laughs> it is. That's literally what the Bible says. It's amazing, man. Come on. Um, so... Uh, Ephesians 1 verse 21 says this, it says, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else in this world or in the world to come. Okay. Wow. I'm glad I started at verse 21 because that is, that's awesome. Just take note of that. Okay. This is the one who's defining us. This is the one who is placing his church as an authority in the earth, okay? And God has put all things under the authority of Christ, and he gave him his, this authority for the benefit of the church. And so the first word we see used for the church is the church, okay, in the book of, of Ephesians. But I want to bring out a little bit of the nuance of that word, because it's a word that can mean many things to us. To some, it's an organization that you've seen kind of since you're growing up, and it's got a, some sort of place in this world, but it's like, oh, it's a, nice, it's a nice club people join almost, and it does good things for society, you know. But the, the word ecclesia or church is, has got these nuanced meaning, and the meaning of it is a, an assembly that's been assembled together and called out of a larger group, okay? A, it's, a, it's a people that have been called out of a larger group and put together and assembled together, okay? And so in the New Testament, you see the word ecclesia used for other government assemblies on earth, and they use the same word, ecclesia, okay? So it's this governmental authority of God that's been assembled on the earth and called out of a larger group to gather together. But not just to gather together like, hey, I've called out a, a, a bunch of people and you're just going to kind of be this, this crowd, this group that just, but it's, it's a group that's been assembled together. 
put together with authority structures in place and all those things that our society doesn't like and wants to kick against and wants to be individuals and my rights and stuff. It's a people that have been put together like that. And so in Exodus um, chapter 19, listen to this, it says, verse 4, it says, um, Exodus 19 verse 4, you've seen what I did to the Egyptians You know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now if, this was the first scripture I give you. Now if you obey me and keep my commandment, you will be with my, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. Okay. For all the people belongs, for all the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is a message you must give to the people of Israel. In other words, like all the earth belongs to me, but I've called out my own special treasure. My own, some translations say, peculiar people. In fact, people struggle to translate it because they're saying that it's like this treasure, this strange group of people that are called out by God to be his, okay? And so the first thing I want to say about church, just two applications. The one application is, that you can't join a, a church. You belong to it and you become it because God has called you out and supernaturally given you new birth. And whether you like it or not, he has now called you to be part of his church. Okay. So yeah, you can join a church as in you can sign up and be a member and say, I agree to follow these elders. And that would be my second point, part of my second point. But the first thing I want to say is it's not something you just decide because of your own opinions and you think, oh, well, that's a nice club and they do some good things and I like the people there. And No, no, it is, it is God rescuing people and joining them in to this thing called his ecclesia, his assembly, called out as a special treasure. And take note, not, you know, just Jess called out as a special treasure and Neil called out as a special, like you, my little special treasures, like we would like to think. No, you together, my special treasure okay and um and then the second application is obviously just this thing of assembly and and it's almost like I don't want to say this first because it's not a popular message but it's got to be assembled correctly under the authority of God and his authority structures and there is no unity without authority and submission and an understanding of God's authority it's, um, it's important to say this, guys. We live in, especially in these cultures, you know, some of you this morning were like, authority, let me through. How dare you stop me from going to church? Like that would have come in your, your hearts probably. You know what I mean? With traffic cops and whatever, like, um, because it's so built into us. Do you see it in your heart? And yet the Bible says, no, he's calling you out to be different, to be a people that are going to carry authority because you're under authority. And there are many Christians walking around today that have some sort of power. They've got a weapon. They're like a soldier that's got a weapon. And they're walking around the war zone. And they're saying, hey, I'm going to shoot here. I'm going to come here. Hey, why don't you guys, you guys better follow me and do this with me and whatever. And, 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 and they, they dressed up like soldiers and they've got guns and they've got a little bit of power because God for some reason entrusts them with some gifts and, and guns. You know what I mean? But they're not under authority, and so they never actually build anything significant or lasting. And they don't actually carry the authority of God on this earth. It's dangerous. It's out of place. It's not the assembly of God that's been called out of the world. It's something where the, the true authority is going to take them, is going to come to them one day and say, how dare you abuse this power that I've given you? You're not under authority. Now you're in trouble with me. Because the authority of heaven that flows from the throne through his established authority structures, you're just making it up as you go along, and that that doesn't work. You're a policeman that's not backed by the law because you're out of your delegated place and position, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, so that's the first thing that the, the, the Ephesians calls the church. Secondly, it says in Ephesians 1.23, it says, and the church, it's just after what we read, and the church is his body. It is filled by Christ who fills everything everywhere with his presence, okay? So the, the second thing he calls us is he calls us his body. Now, this is very well known. Please don't switch off um, because he wants to remind you of who we are. And to him, he says, you are my body. And so for Jesus to do anything in the time-space universe and to become a sacrifice, the Bible says he was given a body, 
okay, so that he could be on earth and be our perfect sacrifice and then rise again. And he's still actually limited in that body in that sense. He gave up this right to be everywhere at all times like the Spirit and like the Father are. And now he says, I am going to make you my body. You are now going to be my body on this earth. You are going to be the way that I interact with this world, that I touch this world, that I love this world, that I heal this world, that I bring deliverance in this world, that I bring love to the orphan in this world, that I, like, you are the body. And so we have a prayer equipped because we're saying, Spirit of God, help us. Father, help us. But we're, we're not saying, Jesus, will you just come and do it? We're saying, Jesus, we are now your body and we need to do it. You know what I mean? Like, we do it, and we walk in what he walked in. Like, we're the ones, his agents in a time-space world that are able to interact with the world and each other, obviously. So the first thing I want to say about being a body is that we are called to fulfill his purpose on earth now. That's, I mean, that's basic, but bottom line is, what I'm saying is, your life, it, it doesn't belong to you and what you want to accomplish on earth. He, you are his body. You are. You are part of his body. You are his hands. You're his feet. You're his heart. You're his eyes. You're his, you're his mouthpiece. You're, you're all, you are his body now. I, I don't know how to say it because it's like something that we all take for granted, but we don't necessarily really do and say, oh my goodness, like that's why I'm here on the planet. He's not coming again until he comes again to rule and to put all things right and to Bring vengeance where he needs to bring vengeance, justice to the earth, and save us. But we're now doing what he did, okay? We're his body. So that's the first thing. So get stuck in, guys. Get stuck in. And then the second thing is we belong to one another. So, you know, like this... It's so obvious that we can miss it, but Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, they say the same thing. What they're saying is you're connected, and Ephesians 4 says the same thing, you're connected by every supporting ligament to one another. It's like the blood flows to my fingers through the body, and if my finger is severed from the body, there's no life that flows anymore, you know? The best you've got is like a crazy little zombie hand, like running around, you know? And there's a lot of Christians like that. They've got a little bit of life left in them, but they're running around disconnected from the body and it's creepy and it's gross and it's ugly and it's scary and it's like, ah, no, that doesn't bring life. Horror stuff, you know? Actually, that life flows because you're part of a body and, the, and, and the, Paul doesn't hold back on this. He says, you, you better know that you need one another. 1 Corinthians 12, 21 says, The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. It's that obvious. It's like you cannot turn around and go, well, I just need Jesus. I don't need you. And I'm going to sing about how I just need Jesus. It's like there's a lot of worship songs that are like that. And I know what people are saying. And you can, with great conviction, sing that song if you're by yourself on an island. Yes, Jesus is all you will need and he will sustain you. But as long as there's other Christians around, he says, no, you need one another. That's how I'm going to flow my life through you. So be very careful to just disconnect and become the zombie hand, okay? And, and your gift, what you bring to the body, is firstly for the body. It's firstly to edify the body. And it's firstly there to find its place in the body. There are many people, like I say, running around going, well, I can just bring my gift wherever. And it's like, no, that's not the point. The point in Ephesians 4, it says this, I love this, it says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. So this is God, like the head of the body, he says, I fit it together perfectly. And then he says, as each part does its own special work, some people stop there. It's like, oh great, each part is going to have its own special work. I've got my own special work, let's go figure out how this works. But it goes on. It helps the other parts grow. So your special work is not for you. It's not for your ministry. It's not even just for the world. Your special work is for the body, first of all, for the other parts. And then it says, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The point is not, once again, that just the hand is healthy. The point is, man, the whole body healthy, because it's the whole body that's going to do the work of Jesus on earth, and Jesus will look and go, thank you to people that are serving him and laying down their life all over the world. But mostly what he's looking for is a people 
joined and knit together properly. You know what I'm saying? That are becoming the body and the fullness of Christ on the earth, the mature body of Christ on earth. Does this make sense? Come on. Amen. Thank you to, my, to the, the worshiper at the back. <laughs> Jude, is that Jude? Go, Jude. Come on. That's awesome. So, um, thirdly, what does the Bible say about who we are? Our identity. Ephesians 2.19 says, So now you Gentiles, most of us in this room, (laughs) so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Or some translations will say household, but the idea in the Greek was pretty much the same. It's like this, it's this family. And over and over, this is probably the most common use to refer to. It's brothers and sisters. It's I've become like a father and, you, you know, mothers and sisters. And like it's family language. The church of Jesus Christ is family language all the time. I was struck by this the other day. You know, watching 412 churches during COVID was very interesting. Because I'm telling you, most grew and thrived and there was life. And I didn't see that out in a lot of other places. A lot of other places that wasn't there. And you know why? It's because we've built around family. And so, you know, if I, honestly, and I've said this to some leaders, I said like, listen, if, if, if your church struggled because you didn't have particular meetings, courses, buildings, setups, technology, if, you, if, if, if the church struggled because of that, I don't think it's a church. It's not. It's an organization of some sort. Because the church is a family. And a family is family no matter what happens. No matter what kind of gatherings there are. No matter what kind of courses there are. No matter what kind of leaders are. A family is a family. It doesn't change. You're a family. It's like, I'm sure your families didn't fall apart. Your natural families in COVID. It wasn't like you're like, oh, that's it. You know, I'm so distant and estranged from them now. Like I've got nothing. No. In fact, a family grows closer during crisis and there's life. And I realized, oh, I think that's what happened. And I want to encourage us in this, guys, because we've got to keep knowing who we are. You're family. You're not a, a person sitting here on a Sunday enjoying a meeting. That's foreign to the New Testament. It's crazy. The fact that that's normal for church out there in the world, that's weird. It's wrong. It's not right. It's not Jesus building. It's not even church. Because church is family. It's identity. It's who we are. That makes sense. Please, I'm not trying to knock anyone in particular. I'm trying to stir us to, to keep being who he's called us to be. And so basic, you know, application for family, you know, because what makes you family? Your father, common father, common life source. He gave us birth or he legally adopted us. That's what makes you family, okay? Family is not, whoa, these values are great and these people are great. And, and I read, like I read something the other day. Someone said like, when you've been friends for seven years, you're no longer just friends, you're family. I'm like, that's not what makes you family. No, family is a biological legal thing that happens because you've got the same father, you know? That's, and, and the word brother in the Bible, um, uh, Adelpho, thank you or Adelphos, or whatever. Like, that word means from the same womb. That's the, literally what it means. We've been born of God, and we have a right to be called children of God because we've been born of, of His will and desire. And we've been adopted, you know. I've got some children that have been born into my family, some that have been adopted. They're all completely, 100% my children because they're biologically my children. They're legally my children. Do you know what I'm saying? And the same is true of us. But that makes us brothers and sisters and it makes us family, whether you like it or not, because application, you can choose your friends, you can't choose your family. Hey, you've heard it said. And that's why God did it like that. He's like, I'm not going to bring a bunch of friends together to become my people. I'm making them family, whether they like it or not. That's it. More so than your natural family, because this is eternal family born of the seed of God. Do you really get that? Some of you that come from wonderful families, maybe certain cultures are are far more family-orientated. 
And I want to call you into what God sees. God sees not you and your family structures. Sometimes he sees, this is my family. The one who does the will of my father is my brother and my sister. And Jesus gave us a very good example of that. Here, there they are, mothers and brothers knocking outside. And it seems very rude. Jesus just kind of ignores them and says, I want you to know my brothers, my mothers, my sisters are the ones who do the will of my father. The ones who have the same father and who obey him and follow him, that's, that's my family. Does make sense? So, and this, guys, actually, you all know this. Like, this is actually super basic, but it's like, the, and you know it because you know it because it's who you are. If you're born again, you know this not just because the scripture says it, but you know it because you're like, this is, this is who I am from the inside out. I'm just trying to call it into being and say, come on, let's live like this now. Let's be this now. We're, and we've got brokenness to overcome and we've got issues to overcome in family. And, and many of you have had that in natural families. But hopefully you didn't walk away from them and just say, oh, that's it. How much more so if you're born of God to eternally live together? You know what I'm saying? Man, so you are family, guys. It means that, yeah. Okay. So next one. Love your family, push into your family, be family. That's one of the things I hear most often when people walk into our churches. And I heard it again this morning. Who was I talking to? They're like, I, I, yeah, it was you, yeah, yeah. I love, it was real family. Like they really care. I heard the best testimony the other day. Oh, it's awkward actually. We've got a, a couple that has joined us from an, another church and, oh man, and they're on staff in that church and stuff still. And they go to an evening meeting with us. And I'm not, we're not, I'm, I'm like, listen, you must go serve your church, work it out with your church. We're not trying to like steal people from other churches. But they've come because they're just going, we, we've never been so part of family. And this lady who's full time in another church said, listen, I, I know I'm supposed to love people. But to be honest, I've never loved people. I hide away. I try and get away. I put on a face and then I leave. She said, since I've been here in the church, I want to know people. I want to know what's going on in their lives. I sit next to them and I'm like, what's happening? I, I want to get to know you. And all she was describing is she's like, is real family and the fact that there's love. And she just, she's not saying other people are finally loving me. She's going, oh, I finally am just realizing I need to love people. It's so beautiful, man. Okay. Fourthly, it's a temple of God. Ephesians 2, 20, the temple, he calls us his temple. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We who believe are carefully joined together. Isn't that beautiful? Becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles also are also joined together as part of his dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Okay, in Christ, we are carefully being joined together to become this temple that houses the spirit of God. God's desire has always been to live among his people, to be with his people. This morning, I, I felt there was a sense for some here of going, great, I can be in the presence of God. This is wonderful. It's nice to worship and it's going to be a good worship time, but we probably need to get to the preach, you know, because Ryan's here and it's going to be great to hear what he has to say. And yeah, okay, cool. Please know, like don't, don't ever stop there. Say, thank you, God, that access is there, but now I'm going to be in your presence. Like that's the most important thing of every time we gather together is we can house the presence of God. And I'm not saying his presence can't be brought through the prophetic, the gifts flowing this morning, teaching and preaching, all those things. Of course, in many ways, but let's make sure it's, it's around him. It's really around him. And that's the second thing I hear people say always. Once again, you said both of these things, and I was literally waiting for it when you started talking because I hear it all the time, and I'm so glad I do. They say, oh, the Spirit of God is here. That's why I love being in this church because God's here, and it's like his presence, and he leads us, and he does what he wants to do. And I hear those two things always. It's a real family, and basically, it's actually a temple for the Holy Spirit. And, it's, and we were joking. We were like, how crazy that that's something we have to even say. Like, every church should be like that. Of course. 
Like it's our identity, it's who we are, and yet the devil is very good at breaking down identity, not just your personal one, but our one, and, he's, and even more so, he's coming against the church's identity, even more than yours, because he actually knows that the church can be the temple of the living God on earth. Makes sense. So, so the other day, we have a lady come into the church for the first time, last week, last week in the morning, service in Benoni. And, um, and she's brought by a friend, and I meet her, and, she, and people love her. But I just see people loving her, and that was beautiful before the time. Please, you are all on visitor's duty every week because we're called to reach people. Please, guys, please. doesn't matter how you haven't seen your friend for a while, and you love them, and you just want to connect and catch up. Just please, guys, don't build like that. God will give you incredible friendship for all eternity. It's going to be amazing. Live for others now that need to be brought into this family okay anyway um and and this lady came and then and listen we had three calls through the service different responses to the presence of God what he was doing and she responded to everyone including salvation including like deliverance and being baptized and then at the end being baptized in the Holy Spirit it was so cool and I'm telling you, I looked at this and I was just like, and her sister had brought her and her, and her sister was saying, like, she really needs Jesus. Like, she needs to come back to God. Like, and, and I just watched the pre, her in, encounter the presence of God the whole meeting. And it was just so beautiful. Every response, you know, right to being baptized and filled with the Spirit at the end of the meeting. It was like, ah, oh, that's awesome. You know, like, that's how it should be. Like, it, and and it, it really wasn't the preaching or whatever. It was God. Um, your, so that's the application. We are called to be the temple of the living God, and people are going to meet with him. And, and the second application is you are living stones that God is building together into a spiritual temple, 1 Peter says. It says you are carefully being joined together. And the idea here is of, you know, every, I haven't been to Jerusalem yet. I, I would love to. I can't wait. I'm definitely on the next trip whenever it is. And, um, but like every building in Jerusalem is built with stone, right? And it's, it needs to be kept that way. They're like preserving the history. And so what does that mean? It's, it's going to a quarry and cutting out a rock out of the quarry, out of the world. And, and when they built the temple, they would shape the rocks by the quarry and cut them perfectly and shape them perfectly so that when they bring it to the temple, they can fit it together in the temple perfectly. You know, it's like I, I have been to the UK and those places where they've got these stone walls that are entirely of stone and there's no mortar or pitch or cement between the stones, but they've been shaped by skilled artisans to and cut perfectly to be shaped together and they stand for thousands of years. It's like incredible. And this is, this is what Jesus is doing to build this dwelling. He's shaping every living stone perfectly. And you've got to fit together with a living stone below you and next to you and this side and that side. And, and you're built on the foundation of Christ. And you're lining up with the cornerstone Jesus. So it's, it's all in Christ that we get this right. But man, you're surrounded by other stones and he's shaping and chipping and cutting. And I want to encourage you guys to become that glorious, mystical, beautiful picture, you know, of the temple of the living God. It takes shape. That's what it's going to look like, okay? Makes sense. People are listening to the recording afterwards. It's going to be like, what just happened? Why that guy was manifesting? Help him. Okay. Yeah. That was weird noises. Cool. <sighs> okay. Please give yourself to that. Be that. Go through the processes, man. He's, it's worth it. We're going to house the presence of God. And when you come together, that's what you're going to experience. Something of what we experienced this morning and more. There's way more. There's way more. <sighs> and lastly, fifth picture is this beautiful picture in Ephesians 5, which many of you will know well because you've recently been married or whatever, of, you know, husbands, love your wives. Like Christ loved the church and gave his life for them. Wives, submit to your husbands as the church does to Christ. And then he says in that picture, he says, but I'm actually not even talking about husbands and wives in Ephesians 5. I'm actually talking about Christ and his church. My main point is to, to speak the identity of the bride of Christ that we are called to be his bride. 
We are engaged, betrothed to Christ. We will be married to him forever. There is a day coming. It's the wedding feast of the Lamb where we will dress up in white clothes, which I'll read now, and we'll look beautiful for him because we are his bride. Listen to just one or two little verses here. Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven for God, from God, prepared as, as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That's all of us, the church of Jesus Christ, finally fully united and put together, put together like a city. But when Jesus sees the city, he doesn't see a city. He sees his bride and he's about to have this massive wedding feast for her. Revelation 19, similar, it says, For the Lord our God, praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to him. For the time has come, the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And his bride has prepared herself. So we're prepared by God for him, but we're also preparing ourselves. Do you take note of that? She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. All over the world, have you ever seen a bride that doesn't prepare her own dress? She might be given the linen, But every culture, I think this is universal to all cultures, it is the bride herself that makes the dress and puts it together, even as she has maybe sponsored or given or bought the material to do it. And it's a beautiful thing because what God's saying is, is it's it's like up to you to make yourself beautiful. And the way you make yourself beautiful, the white linen represents the works that you do. In Christ, the works that he's given and prepared for you, but you've walked in them and you've made them and you've fitted them and you've lived in them. And it's your works, your good works that follow you into heaven unless they're burned up because they're actually just not good works and it's all about you and it's selfish and it's indulgent and it's just your life and unless it's that. But otherwise, the only thing following us is walking in his good works. And he says, that's gonna be the beautiful dress that we wear is going to be that. Isn't that amazing? Amazing pictures, eh? For us as the bride. So what's the application here? Well, firstly, it's, it's wholehearted commitment. Wholehearted commitment from Christ to you, first of all. It's always his love first. It's wholehearted. It's a husband to a wife going, we are joined together. We're one flesh. You are everything. My life is now built around you because you are part of my life. You're literally like we're one now. One plus one equals one in the kingdom. Like that's the beautiful thing about marriage, hey? It's one plus one equals one. It's not one plus one equals two. It's no, no, no. It's one plus one equals one. You're now one. Callings one, identity one. You are one. We're married to Christ means you're one. It's like one times one. There we go. Ah, that's cool. Wow, maths, awesome. (laughs) Maths will help you in your theology. Beautiful. I feel like that's going to like have my mind going. Ooh. <laughs> so, you, so that's the first thing. And, and it's wholehearted commitment from the bride for the husband, man. It's I want to be faithful to you, faithful in the deepest places of my heart. Adultery doesn't have to be like actual sex with another person. You know what I mean? It's like I'm faithful. My heart, my body, my soul, everything is promised to one person. And constantly, please, guys, are we faithful to him? And then secondly, application would be what I said already is, guys, we're preparing our dresses. Make sure you're preparing your dress. That's a weird thing. The guys are all like, mm, yeah. I'm not going to get into it, but don't worry. The next chapter, Ephesians 6, it's all about being like an army and a soldier and like having armor and killing things with your sword. And it's like awesome, you know, and Erasmus is just like, yeah, here's my sword and he's amped. You know what I mean? So don't worry. Like, yeah, but man, we're, we're called to be beautiful for him, wholly committed, loving him, faithful to him. This is the church that Jesus is building 
It's the church that he has defined. It is the church that will be built according to his pattern. That's another thing about a temple, by the way. It was never the people who came up with how we're going to build this thing. It was particularly, specifically stated how it's going to be built by Jesus himself. And that's why we give ourselves to this as elders and, and, and like the apostolic and prophetic and all the fivefold gifts. We are giving ourselves all the time to going, we must build according to the pattern. By the Spirit of God, through the life of God on the foundation of Christ, but we'll, we cannot, we cannot, no matter what the world says, we cannot build with any other pattern. He's told us how to build, how to be knitted together. Makes sense. So, so that's, yeah, that's really all I want to say. Can we stand? <laughs> Let's just stand. Yo. Thank you, Lord. Stand, but don't get distracted. Quiet your heart. Many of you have had your identity spoken over you. Like I said, some of you have, ha have had your identity wrestled with by Jesus, and he wants to do that. He wants to do that with all of you. He wants to wrestle you into understanding what forgiveness and being blameless before him looks like. He wants to wrestle you into understanding that you're not an orphan and wandering around. You're adopted by the living God and born of the seed of God, which is his word that lasts for all eternity, and that's the word in you. This is all part of your identity. But now he's saying to you, what about your together, plural, your corporate, your identity? And Jesus, we want to be what you are defining us. We want to be that. We want to cry out our father as family. We want to be built and knitted together and, and, uh, and, and chiseled and chipped and, and filed and, and whatever it is so that we can be living stones that fit together. We want to be a body, Lord, that, that is so, so interdependent on one another that we can't imagine ourselves just as individuals. Something so different to the world, Lord. We want to be that so that the life and the, and the blood and the, and the, everything can flow through the body so that the body will do what it's called to do and it will become healthy and it will grow as it builds itself up in love. Oh Lord, we want to be this. We want to be your bride. Oh Lord, we want to have eyes for only you. When we gather every time we're going, oh, we've got one devotion before we're devoted to each other, before we're devoted to some good work, before anything. Oh, we just, we love our God. We're so devoted to him and we're helping each other. We're constantly calling each other back when we're getting distracted. We're like, hey, we're getting a bit distracted. Come on, put your eyes back on, on the bridegroom. Come on, you're walking down the aisle already. Don't look to the side, to side. Keep your eyes on the one in front of you. Don't get distracted by the photos and the, and the congratulations and the pats on the back and the old girlfriends or whatever it is that's in the crowd, like, uh, or boyfriends at least, but, but walk and keep your eyes on the groom. Eyes on him. One devotion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's like you're just spe speaking over us, Lord, and we just want to, we want to let you define us. I want to ask if there's anyone, I, I don't know where everyone's at. I know there's not a lot of people necessarily visiting this morning with the Argus and all of that, but there might be some people here who say, I, I, I'm part of a church because I, I want to join and maybe I've come here because I like the idea of church, but, but maybe you're not you're not truly born again by God. Like you've been made his family. You've been called out of the world. You've been chiseled from the quarry. Maybe you're like, most of the time I feel like I'm still stuck in the rock somewhere. I'm not, I haven't been cut out of the rock and brought to become the temple of God. Like his household. I still feel a bit, I'm still like, I think I'm still just an orphan actually out there wandering around. And I thought that I found family in different places, but, but I don't know. I'm not the family of God. He's my father. He's truly my father. I call on him as father. I know him as father. I love him as my dad. And before you can become part of a church, the most important thing is, man, come to him and know your dad. And if that's you today, just wherever you are, that happens because Jesus died in your place. He took your sin upon himself and he took the punishment that you deserved. And he said, I will give you my free gift of righteousness and you can now have the right to become a child of God. 
And if you put your faith and your trust in that today, he'll give you new birth. From within, you'll become a new creation, a new person. It's a powerful work of God. It is not something that you sign up for. It's his work. And if that's you today, just with eyes closed in this place for this moment, please, if that is you, would you just say, I need this. I need to put my faith and trust in Jesus and become his son. I need to become his daughter. I'm, I'm putting all my trust in the cross, what he did. He took my sin away. I'm repenting of my sin. I'm turning from it. I want to be yours, Jesus, today. Is there, is, is there anyone like that? I'll just give it a moment because I think most people in this room definitely know him, but there might be someone, and I don't want to take it for granted. If there's someone in this place, just lift your hand and say, that's me. I want, I want this. I'm going to put my trust in Jesus this morning. Is there anyone like that? Lift your hand up, put it down again. Anyone like that? Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Lord. Wonderful Lord. Wonderful Lord. You're a wonderful God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. For the rest of us, Lord, we want to give ourselves. I don't, I don't know. I hope I didn't miss anyone. If that's you, put your faith in Jesus. Come to him. Be honest with him. Turn from sin and old life and, and, and just bring it all to him, man. You don't have to... You don't have to be ashamed. Come into his presence. Let him wash you clean as you put your faith in him and make you a new person. And for the rest of us, Lord, we just say thank you, Lord, for this identity. We want to be your body on this earth and carry on with the job that you've given us. And we don't want to waste a moment. We don't want to blame lacks of capacity. We don't want to blame what anyone's done for us. Of course, family are going to have issues, but we, we didn't choose them. God did, and we're stuck with them. And we're going to work it through with you as our father. And we're going to be so unified, like was prayed in the prayer meeting. Lord, that you would speak more than unity, a, a oneness over this congregation. That we would throw aside our criticisms, our, our silly niggles, our, our distrust and discomfort a lot of the time. That we would throw that stuff aside. These are, these are men and women that have been called. They've been checked out. They've been ordained by the Holy Spirit and by the apostles who have looked at them, looked at their lives. Like the, you, you can follow here, man. It's not going to be all to your liking, but you can follow. You can give yourself. You can become part of this assembly in Greenpoint. Thank you, Lord. Amen.